Hello and welcome to another edition of the Marketplace Sellers Podcast with myself, Alec Ogilvie. Now, as you know, at the Marketplace Sellers Podcast, we like to share best practice and best insider tips on how you can sell more and how you can sell more profitably online. And in particular, that means talking about places like Amazon and eBay. So if that is something that interests you, then please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a fantastic five-star review. Or why not subscribe on YouTube? Uh, feel free, subscribe any way that you want. And if you have ideas for future shows, please drop us a line at podcast at sellerdynamics.com. Okay, so that's the call to action done. So what are we doing today? Well, today we are talking about eBay. And to share his experience with us is one of the world's leading experts on eBay template design and eBay template effectiveness. With over 60,000 customers, yes, I did say 60,000 customers, and 15 million optimized listings under his belt, I'm delighted to welcome Victor Leviton from crazylister.com. Vic, Thank welcome you, to Alex. the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Alex. Excited to be here. Jolly good, jolly good. Um, look, before we get into talking about Crazy Lister, um, I was looking over your career highlights and it struck me that um, you started off by studying law. What actually, what attracted you to law in the first place? That sounds like a strange way for a technologist to start his career. <laughs> well, it is. Um, in fact, I was studying law and economics. It's a combined degree here in Israel. And I... I chose this because I didn't know exactly what drew me more. Was it the mathematics? Was it like the numbers or the words? So I chose a path that kind of combined both. But yeah, it has absolutely no connection to what I'm doing now. Uh, and actually, I was drawn to the e-commerce world um, while I was a student in my second year. And from that moment on, I kind of, you know... I, I came to classes with a laptop and, you know, I was just running my eBay business from the university, basically. Oh, really? So you actually started this while you were an undergraduate? Yes, that's correct. And was that easy to balance? That must have been quite a, quite a, a lot of work to try and keep under your belt studying law and running a business. Well, yes, it was hard. But, uh, you know, I studied hard for the exams. But between them, let's say that... Uh, I didn't have much time for for the usual homework. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, uh, but that sounds like a normal student, except you were actually working rather than just lying on the couch watching TV. Oh yeah, no, not a lot of beach time for me. No. <laughs> so when you graduated, then the business was already up and running, and you had something to move into. Is that how it basically worked? Yes, exactly. I had a small business running. I've uh, already brought in my partner with. Uh, with me, uh, his name is Max, and we had a small business running by the time I finished my degree, yes. Brilliant. And was that the business that became LGO, or was that a different business? Yes, this is the one, and LGO is actually an acronym for our last names. I'm Victor Levitin, and Max is Max Godin, so if you com combine Levitin and Godin, that's LGO. Ah, right, okay, <laughs> okay. So, so what specifically were you, were you selling with LGO? What was it you, you picked up on that you could actually sell? Well, we, our initial breakout was uh, actually with one of the most competitive categories on eBay, um, which is GPS devices for cars. Back at the, at the day, 
before people had smartphones and uh, you know free GPS devices basically uh, it, it was very popular to have a dedicated device for your car a dedicated GPS device and th this was like the the first success we saw on eBay right so what year was that have been then oh wow um, it was 2010 I think something like that goodness also shows you how quickly technology has moved on oh yeah, yeah yeah, I mean, now we all expect everything to be on our mobile phone and don't have to buy anything else. Yeah, interesting. So, did you find a supplier? How, how did you stumble across a supplier for those type oh, of devices? That's an interesting story. It also, I mean, we were selling on eBay and uh, it was not a great success. We were grossing, I don't know, a few hundreds of, uh, hundreds of dollars a month, maybe a couple of thousands, nothing really beyond some change for beer. Uh, and then I needed a GPS for myself, for my own uh, purposes. And I've ordered a GPS from a Chinese supplier. Uh, it was like a 50 bucks GPS. And I expected it to be like, pardon my French, really shitty. I expected <laughs> it to, to work, I don't know, for like two, three trips and that's it. Right. Uh, because the listing itself, the, the way it was designed, it conveyed anything but good quality. Right. So I purchased the GPS, and it was a damn good uh, uh, GPS. In fact, it still works to this date, and it traveled with me through like four continents. It was brilliant. And it was then when I called Max and I said, okay, we have a business on our hands. We will sell ex the exact same GPS on eBay. We will just wrap it in a much more professional and much more trust conveying listing design that the Chinese supplier did it. And to make a long story short, uh, the, the seller from whom I, I've purchased my GPS became our supplier. And six, six months later, we were dominating the GPS category on five different eBay sites in US, UK, Australia, Germany, and France. That's fantastic. It just shows you that You've really got to just grab an opportunity when you see it and take full advantage of the situation. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I suspect the, the supplier, he was delighted as well cause, because presumably his sales went up as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he still continued selling on eBay, but we were, you know, we were outselling him as well. But his margin remains the same. He doesn't really care if he sells the, the item to us or to an eBay customer. Right. Right, fantastic. So how were you driving those sales? How did you actually manage to penetrate places like eBay Germany? Was it, was it just listing expertise or did you try and support it through advertising or any other techniques? Well, to summarize the technique, and I write, it a, lot, I write a lot about this uh, in our blog, but the technique can be summarized to never stop testing. So we had a few assumptions. We, we are located in Israel uh, and we had all the disadvantages. So we don't have like eBay in Israel. So there's no eBay.il. So we had non-existing local market. We could not possibly ever compete on prices. So we could not offer the lowest prices. Um, we were shipping from China to the Western world. We were shipping to, uh, to the US, UK, Germany, uh, Australia. So uh, shipping could not be a unique uh, uh, value proposition for us neither because shipping from China takes time. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, having all of these disadvantages, we figured the only advantage we can have over our competition was just, like I said, wrapping the exact same item in a much more trust-conveying and, and, and much more appealing uh, uh, listing. And if you think about it, I mean, Apple has like, I'm talking about the Apple iPhone. Uh, in terms of sales, it makes like, it, it, it's like 20, 25% of the uh, smartphone markets. But in terms of revenue, in terms of uh, profit, uh, uh, Apple makes like 98% of the profit in the smartphones market. Mm -hmm. And if you ask why, the answer is because they are deadly focused on, on the experience, on the design. I mean, the iPhone is like twice or even three times more expensive than any other smartphone on the market. And people still buy them like crazy. Why is that? Because they convey the notion that it is a better device, a better product with design. So this was exactly our idea. Yeah. Let's convey the fact that you're getting a higher value uh, uh, when you're buying from us because our listing is much more professional, much more trust conveying. And because of that, that expertise in creating that listing, I guess that means that you stayed uh, on the eBay channel. You didn't consider moving anywhere else or did you move to other channels as well? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, it, it was really hard being dependent on, on one channel. I mean, in, in terms of a risk, as a, young, uh, as a young company, you always try to de-riskify your business. Yep. So we, we were, we, early on, we, we made the decision to expand beyond eBay, and we did. We expanded to, uh, to Amazon, to Amazon uh, US, and uh, the European Amazon sites, and later on to our own uh, Magento-based web store. Right, right, okay. So the, in those early days, from what I saw on your profile, uh, I was looking at you earlier on LinkedIn, the growth of the business was very impressive. I mean, it seemed to go from nothing to significant turnover. How difficult was that? That's a great question. Well, um, so the growth happened because we, we were very methodical we were very process-oriented about our business. So we were constantly gathering input from our customers. And this is how we realized what, how can we make our listings better? What buttons to push? What is it? I mean, if you look at a GPS device, it has like tens or even hundreds of different attributes. Screen size, battery life, uh, software, uh, map updates, and, and whatnot. Uh, and we needed... we, we, we being again being process oriented, we, we found we constantly found out how to improve our listings to convey a more and more focused message on, on what made people to actually buy. Right. Now, when growth began, uh, and we were a, a two man show, it was Max and myself. So the first thing we did uh, is to is to look for uh, uh, optimization solutions. How can we optimize the process? Because if you think about it, the process looked like this. We, we were getting orders from eBay, from Amazon, from our site. Then these orders needed to somehow get to our supplier from China. And we needed to pay him uh, his fee, uh, the, the cost of the GPS device. Then he needed to, to actually ship the GPS device to the end customer. And we needed to somehow get the tracking number to update eBay, Amazon, uh, and the customer. Uh, 
Yeah. So this whole process was very time consuming and very fast we found ourselves spending like 70% of our day on the day-to-day -day, uh, processes, just running the business without having free hands to, to grow further. Uh, so we were, so we started to actively look for a solution to um, to streamline the, the the order processing mm -hmm. of, of of this uh, business model that we had, and that's drop shipping. And back at the day, the landscape of uh, multi-channel e-commerce solutions uh, it was very shallow. There were not a lot of uh, offerings out there. Yeah, and. Uh, actually failing to find something like that, um, we hired a, um, a software developer and we built our own kind of uh, in-house solution to accommodate our exact needs. Right, okay. So the whole thing was built around your own bespoke software, but also at the core of that was the supplier itself was actually fulfilling your orders to help manage your costs and the logistic uh, challenges as well. Yes, exactly. And there's a lot of uh, uh, there are a lot of risk involved in this because, like, it's like putting fifty percent of your business in in an, in somebody you've you've never met, somebody yes. on the other side of uh, of the world, because everything that has to do with logistics, stock keeping, uh, and whatnot, it had to do with with the supplier. Yeah. And uh, you know, from time to time, he screwed up. And we had to cover for this. Right. Um, and I think that the most important learning here is that the customer is not to blame. If our supplier screws up, we need to make the customer happy no matter what. So yeah. we were refunding customers, no questions asked. If we were, we were late to deliver a uh, uh, an item, whatever, we were focused on making the customers happy, even if it meant... Uh, uh, losing money in the short run. Reputation was above all. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think a lot of sellers, when they first come to the marketplaces, don't understand how important it is to keep that level of satisfaction extremely high, even if it means, like you're, you're suggesting, even if it means cost on your part. Um, there's often no choice. You just ha simply have to get the customer happy again. That's the only thing that you have online, your reputation. Other yeah. than that, you're just two anonymous guys from Israel trying to ship an item from China to the US and make profit out of it. If you don't have a reputation, you, have, you don't have anything. Yeah, no, I can, really, I, I can really get a feeling for that, that you really did go um, the final mile, if you like, or the, that last inch of the mile to make sure that the customer was happy. So. LGO, does that still exist today or is that now a past business? Oh, yeah, it still exists. It, right. The business took a, a brand new shape uh, and we, we found a, a brand new niche where uh, we focus on for the past uh, five or six years. And uh, it's currently called gripup.com mm -hmm. and we focus on professional video equipment. Those are the stabilizers, the cranes, for uh, for videographers, right. uh, you know, to, to stabilize the, the video, uh, and it still exists. It still works. Uh, Max and myself, we do not run it on the day-to-day -day, uh, uh, operations. We right. have uh, we have partners who run it. Actually, they are your uh, neighbors. The it's the, the business is being run from uh, from London. Right. Okay. 
Okay. Well, yeah, very close neighbours. Um, yeah. Based in Stirling in Scotland. Yeah. So, so London, <laughs> London is a wee bit far away to be called a neighbour, but we'll forgive you that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's closer than Israel. <laughs> okay. So, so that explains where LGA, LGO is now, and it's obviously reinvented itself as as video specialists, uh, video equipment specialists. Crazy Lister, then, why why that shift into a pure technology play? I mean, coming from retail to technology doesn't seem, again, doesn't seem obvious, but then your career today isn't it the most obvious, given that you started off in law. So why, why Crazy Lister? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, actually, we, we've grown LGO to a pretty successful business. It was grossing nearly $5 million uh, a year in sales. So it is a good business. But... Um, if, if, I'm, if I'm turning back to our LGO story, to the GPS devices uh, and to the process and the methodology we did, never stop testing, constantly improving and optimizing our listings to convert ever better. Yep. Um, we, we, we were noticed by eBay and when eBay uh, opened their offices uh, here in Israel, uh, they've invited us and got to know us personally. They were very interested in in, uh, in the tools, in the technology and the methodology of what we do. Um, in the first eBay event here in Israel back in 2012, eBay granted us with, uh, uh, with awards for having the highest conversion rates in the Israeli selling community. Right. Um, and... It's actually, it was actually eBay itself who pushed us into offering our know-how and our technology to other sellers. We did not even imagine doing this. Um, and we started doing this as a service um, for, for other businesses, you know, optimizing the listings for them. Yep. And after doing this for a few months, we got a really good understanding of how does it look for other businesses that what we were doing that looked like very trivial for us, that this is the process that you need to do. Just like you A-B test and optimize a website or a landing page, you must constantly optimize your eBay listings to improve sales and not treat eBay listings as a one-time creation. It's a process. Right. So we realized that this was uh, a new convention for eBay service. And then we figured that this is not what we want to be. We don't want to be a service agency to, you know, to, uh, to have a lot of designers and uh, uh, optimization experts to, to work on, on projects because this way it's not scalable enough. We, can, we, we could at best serve a few hundreds of customers this way and eBay has 25 million active sellers. So early on, we understood that this must be a SaaS solution, software as a service solution. And this was what gave birth to Crazy Lister. Right. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, the idea that eBay saw how successful you had been and encouraged you to go and share that knowledge, that, that's, uh, that certainly gives you a very good introduction to the, the eBay business world, I would think. Yeah, and of course, it gave us a lot of authority. And yeah. again, being two, two anonymous students, we, we, we found ourselves running um, the biggest businesses uh, in Israel, at least, you know, yeah. chains with, with uh, hundreds of stores. 
uh, and we were running their e-commerce for them. So we've learned a lot, but we saw that what we know was highly valuable for them. And right. we figured that we must make this affordable and available of this knowledge and technology to to the average eBay seller, not only to the biggest businesses. So, so building the product, building crazylister.com, again, that's very different from doing consultancy. It requires software engineers, uh, requires a lot of project planning and requires a lot of cash. Were you able to fund that development out of your own resources or did you have to bring in external funding to do this? Well, we were bootstrapped for at least two and a half years, I think. Right. Which means that every penny we were making out of LGO, we were investing into building Crazy Lister. So, you know, instead of buying houses and cars and even beer, we were <laughs> building Crazy Lister. Uh, with, uh, at first, it was, you know, uh, developers who, who we know from, from the army or friends or whoever was willing to work for the funny salary that we could afford to pay. Uh, but then we got to to an initial traction to to the first uh, like 10,000 10, registered users, and it was enough to interest a VC, and uh, we got some external funding, a bit uh, more. We got six hundred thousand dollars in investment, right. yeah. and uh, it was enough to it, it was enough to grow the company to what it is today. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's very common with a lot of technology firms. It's trying to get that bootstrap uh, process going so that you can show the capability and the potential for it and then to pull in a VC. Um, and when you look at your, your international marketing then, because obviously people know you uh, around the world, uh, they know Crazy Lister around the world. How did you do that international marketing? Was eBay again very key in that or did you have other routes to market yourself? Well, there are two components here. Uh, up until like half a year ago, the only thing that we had working for us was content marketing or organic marketing. Yeah. And the early on, we understood that the uh, what we have, what was unique for us versus other solutions is that we have a story. We have our own uh, experience and uh, our own journey on eBay and we say that th this must be valuable to other sellers why don't we share it so the idea is here is a blog the blog is called an eBay seller journey from zero to a hundred thousand dollars a month and yep. we share everything we've learned and we are in a unique position where we we can share it. It's not like, uh, I mean, if we make other sellers successful, it doesn't hurt our business. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the opposite. So we were just pouring and we still do it. We, every week we, uh, we write about learnings, uh, about what worked for us, uh, maybe even more importantly, what did not work for us, uh, what we learn nowadays from Crazy Lister users. And it's, it's proving to be very highly valuable for eBay sellers. And we don't necessarily write about how to design high converting listings. We write about anything from how to save PayPal fees to how to find uh, reliable suppliers. Right. And the idea is that sellers who read this, who re reach these blogs, um, they say, okay, these guys obviously know their shit, so I should probably 
try Crazy Rooster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of content out there where it's pretty obvious that people are just filling up space on the internet. So I think when people do find stuff that is clearly written by people who know their shit, they like to stick with that. And you're right, that can obviously lead to, to sales. And in your case, people using crazylister.com. And a very cost-effective way to do it. Obviously time-consuming, but um, cost-effective. You're not spending huge amounts of marketing dollars. Yes, so that's for the for the organic or content marketing. It, it costs a lot of time, but of course not uh, not a lot of money. Yep. Uh, and then uh, about a year ago, we brought on board uh, to the team. We brought a, a marketing expert with a proven track record. We, we, we've grown to this stage at the company where at first we were, like I said, we were hiring whoever was willing to work for the salary that we could offer. Yeah. But then the company grew a bit and we started to only hire people who have a proven track record, who are experts in their domain and have uh, um, and have a history to show for. So we brought in such a marketing expert and he has done wonders to our paid marketing. So, um, so and the paid marketing now drives a lot of uh, great traffic to and relevant traffic to Crazy Lister. Brilliant, because it's very easy to spend money badly. So if you've got someone in control of that who knows the best places to be spending your your dollar, then that can only be a good thing. And I guess you monitor it very closely on a, if, if not daily, then certainly weekly kind of basis to see how effective Oh, yeah, we, we're, we're, we're fanatical about numbers. I mean, if if you look at our history, we were we were measuring the conversion rates of, of our eBay listings, and this is exactly what we are doing with Crazy Lister itself. We are measuring everything to, to constantly improve the software, to constantly improve our marketing efforts, the effectiveness. We are very data driven. There's we we constantly love that. There's there's no such thing as as, as pretty. I mean, when a designer presents uh, a design for Crazy Lister. We, it doesn't matter if you think it, if it's good looking or not. We put everything to the test and we let the users actually, you know, uh, decide what's better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I guess at the moment then, um, when it comes to listings, eBay is clearly going through a lot of reinvention. Um, the, uh, the current thing that's obviously bouncing around is them requesting people to remove active content. You must see a lot of that type of activity. Could you explain to the listeners what is active content? It's a, it's a rather open term. Yeah, of course. And actually, there's a lot of confusion about active content. And eBay is really bad at communicating changes. And uh, I've met a lot of eBay executives and behind closed doors, they admit it. But uh, <laughs> Uh, to your question, active content is a general name for a bunch of technologies. Uh, the most famous ones are JavaScript, uh, HTML forms, um, Flash, and these are usually used for different add-ons or widgets inside uh, eBay listings. And uh, some examples for this is uh, if you know the I think that the most famous widget of all time is the Octiva cross-sell gallery, which like millions of listings have up there. Right. And I think now Octiva have a uh, non-active content, non-JavaScript uh, cross-sell gallery, 
but uh, for like over a decade, all of these cross-sell galleries by all companies, they were done with JavaScript. Now, the reason why eBay is removing active content, uh, there are actually two reasons. Reason number one is because 58% of eBay transactions are being touched by mobile. And active content technologies, they do not render uh, fast enough and well enough on mobile devices. They cannot be adjusted to the uh, small screen good enough and fast enough. They take uh, time to load. So that's the first reason, because eBay is very mobile-centric. And the second reason is because of security reasons. Uh, back in 2014, eBay had a uh, security breach which had to do with active content. Right. So, so a combination of this movement of everybody turned to their mobile devices, and then security. Well, there's been a lot of security scares recently. Um, so. I guess that, that would make really good sense. So if listeners are trying to identify for themselves if they have got problems with their listings, how can they easily tell if they've got a listing that doesn't meet with eBay's new requirements? Is that an easy thing to spot or is it is it quite a technical thing? Well, eBay, actually, eBay sends emails to sellers right. uh, pointing out the specific uh, listings that do have active listings in them. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if your listeners want to check it for themselves, it's not something that you can see with, you, with a naked eye. I mean, you need to be technical to see it, but there's a great free tool out there which you can use, which the listeners, listeners can use to test their listings for the existence of uh, active content. Mm -hmm. And the way to find this tool, I don't recall the URL, the, the address by, by heart, it's a long address, but if they write uh, eBay active content, uh, one of the top results on Google is a, a blog post by Crazy Lister uh, covering everything there is to know about active content. And in this blog, uh, we have a link to this testing tool. So sellers can just input their listing ID and get a report saying if they have a, or do not have active content. Right, okay. So it's, not, it's nothing that you can actually easily spot. You really do have to use a technical tool to try and identify where you are yes, uh, that's correct. breaching, breaching a visual. Well, that's useful to know. And the best place is on the crazylister.com blog. Yes, that's correct. Brilliant. Well, that sounds like a very good way to, to get people on, on your site as well, Vic. So that's that's useful. And can once they identify these things, can they fix these problems themselves? Or is it is it really a requirement for a software developer or an eBay uh, template specialist? Well, the... The first thing to understand is what what happens, what will happen now in June. Uh, it's not like eBay will remove your listings. Right. Rather, whatever is active content, at the first phase, it will just stop working. So if you have a YouTube video embedded into your eBay listing, it will just stop working. It's not right. like your listing will go down. So it will kind of uglify or make your listing uh, <laughs> ugly. Yes. <laughs> Uglify. I think we've just invented a new word. <laughs> I'm Israeli. I don't need to stick to proper English. It's okay. <laughs> I, I'm Scottish. I don't. I never stick to proper English. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, so, yes, in order to remove or replace active content, uh, you either need to be uh, uh, technology savvy and understand how to write the code correctly, mm -hmm. or 
we, we developed a, a solution which can apply a 100% active content compliant template to your, uh, to your listings, essentially removing any active content you have. Right, so does that, so if I had a, a template that I needed to revise, I can take it into the crazylister.com system and it will tidy things up for me? Yes, you can design a template to, to your liking, click a button and the template will be applied to all of your listings with one click. Ah, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, again, I mean, it's, it's back to this thing that people need simple solutions and if you guys have got the expertise and the system works easily and well, then it, it can save people so much time and effort. Um, okay, and again, they would, they would typically, well, they would go to crazylister.com to get access to creating those, those templates. Yes, that's correct. Totally good. And I guess, uh, I mean, obviously your LGO experience back in the early days um, demonstrated to yourself how important it was to actually have a good quality eBay template. Uh, how, how big a difference can a good quality eBay template actually meet, uh, make? Are we talking 5 10% in sales or can it be much, much more dramatic than that? Well, let's, let's talk numbers. We're a, a data-driven company, so let's share some numbers. Okay. Uh, our own experience shows that uh, we, were, we were managed to increase our sales and our conversion rate by 220%. So that's more than double our business yeah. over the course of six months of constantly optimizing. Only the way, only the description of our listings, only the, the design. Mm -hmm. uh, because again, we could not play with shipping, we could not play with prices. Right. So design was the only thing we, we could compete on. Um, um, and if, if looking at the, we constantly measure the effect of Crazy Lister on, on sellers. So what we see is an average increase of... 10.5% across all categories. Mm -hmm. And with some categories, uh, I mean, for example, I don't know why, but for uh, smartphone accessories, we see some sellers increase sales by up to 300%. Oh. I can only assume that this is because these are low-priced items. Yep. And I mean, they're more, more prone to, to higher conversion rates because... Mm -hmm. If, if you're looking for, I don't know, a USB cable for, for an iPhone that costs like a dollar or two, um, you will not think too much. I mean, you will be more easier with, with, with your finger on the trigger of the Byte Now. So if you make the, the page look professional and trustworthy, it's probably enough to make somebody click on the Byte Now and increase their conversion rates. Yeah, I guess the temptation is for some sellers that if they're only selling something for one or two dollars, that they don't then invest the time and effort to make that look like a quality listing. Whereas what you're saying is if you do actually spend the time to make something look good, even if it's only worth a couple of bucks, you will see a big difference in the, the, uh, the increase in your sales. I guess that's really f f what you're saying. Well, th this is what our data suggests. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. All right. So I, I like the way that you're saying it's not you, it's the data. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes, I mean, um, I, I'm still consulting companies here and then. Yeah. And, you know, they come to me, I'm the expert. I have more than a decade of experience. And they come to me and I say, hey, Vic, 
what should we do here? Should we place a, a, a blue button or a red button from your experience? <laughs> and I always tell them the same. It doesn't matter what I think. It's all about the data. Put it to the test and, and measure. <laughs> so here, here's an example to the probably the most famous uh, improvement that I encourage sellers to do. Try to put your face on your listings to convey trust. I mean, we were putting our, so Max and I, we were putting our images on our listings saying we are the owners of the business. We are the ones answering your eBay customer messages. We are the ones uh, uh, taking care of your orders. If anything goes bad, these are the guys that you're talking to. And here are our faces. We are real. We are not some anonymous scammers uh, from the other side of the world. And it did, it did wonders to ourselves. Right. So, but before we were actually able to measure the effect, it doesn't matter what we think. So uh, some sellers will put their face up there and it will drive their sales down. I don't know, for whatever reason. <laughs> maybe again, maybe by putting your face out there, you're uglifying the listing. <laughs> I don't know. But always be testing. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I can't test my face. I can't, I can't change it. I can't do EB. A, B testing with my face. I can't swap it. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of that. No, you're right. I mean, I think if you can personalize the sales activity on what is largely an anonymous uh, online platform, that must make a big difference. Is there any other top tips that you would suggest to a retailer? Obviously, you're very keen on testing alternative listings and, and tweaking things on an ongoing basis. But what, what's the kind of standard mistakes that you see uh, an eBay seller making? Oh, wow. There are lots of them. Really? Um, I, I think the a lot of sellers are thinking for the short term, not for the long term. Right. And it, it, it should, if you're thinking for the long term, where will my business be in two, three years from now? Your decisions today will be highly different than if you think how much money or profit will I make by the end of this month? Because I see a lot of, there's like a buzz around e-commerce now and people are selling courses, promising you the, the, the idea of work for two hours a month and be a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's important to understand that an eBay business or any other online business, it's a business. It's hard. You will need to, to sweat. You will need to work. It's, it's much harder than having a nine-to-five uh, job. You're responsible for everything. Um, and if you think for the long run and you don't just try to make a quick buck scorching the, the marketplace after you, leaving bad feedback for yourself and, and for the marketplace. I mean, if you provide a shitty uh, uh, service, a shitty experience for eBay, Amazon, or whatever platform uh, uh, buyers, Bias may not come back to the marketplace again. So you're not just ruining it for yourself, but you're ruining it for, for the other uh, uh, sellers on the marketplace. And I don't know, maybe it, it's, it's more what we see in Israel, but this is really something that we see from newcomers to eBay. They're really focused on making the today. They're not building a business for the long term. They've heard a friend making $10,000 on, on eBay a month and they want to get there within a week. They don't have the, uh, uh, the, 
the, the, the spirit, they don't have the breath to, to go to the struggle of, of months upon months of, uh, of building the foundations for a stable business. It's okay to do mistakes. It's not your customer's fault that you're doing mistakes. And in, in those cases where the customers are jerks and there are bad customers out there, it doesn't worth your time to start to argue with them and for them yeah. to leave you a, a negative feedback. Just pay them the, the five or ten dollars or whatever the, the unreasonable uh, refund demand uh, they ask you for. Just pay them this uh, the few bucks and continue on building your business. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I think I think um, certainly we say the same that there's a lot of people who don't understand that this is a hard business that. Um, it's going to eat up a lot of your time. You're going to have to deal with customers who can complain when complaint isn't uh, when a complaint isn't justified. So I think that's good advice. You got to work hard. I mean, it's like any business. There's no easy way to, to make a lot of money. So no, I think that's probably a, a, the the best tip we can offer anybody. Get get working hard. It's not not an easy thing to do. So what's coming up next at um, Crazy Lister? Is there anything exciting coming up over the next few months? Well, the, uh, the idea that with which we approach new developments is this. If we can improve a process by at least 10 times and make it 10 times easier than it is done today, we will do it. Otherwise, we will not. Right. So here's what we are building now. Uh, we, we are called crazy lister, but in fact, we are not a lister. We don't have a functionality in Crazy Lister to launch new listings from Crazy Lister to eBay. Mm -hmm. We have the functionality to apply a template to live listings. You can copy the code to eBay if you're creating new listings on eBay, but there's no single process to click a button and the listing will be created directly from Crazy Lister. And the simple answer is because up until recently, we did not see how can we improve the process over what eBay offers you. So if you have to fill in this uh, monstrous form on eBay, having like 30 fields, filling in your, your title, your category, your um, specs and whatnot, it will be exactly the same, maybe a bit prettier form on Crazy Lister. There's no, not much improvement here. But we are doing a lot of what we call customer development. We talk to our customers, we interview them, we ask them well, what are their biggest pains. And then we realize that a lot of e-commerce is actually copy-paste. I mean, eBay sellers, they don't usually take their own photos, they don't usually write their own descriptions. They would go to the manufacturer's website and just scrape the data manually. They would yeah. download the images, take the descriptions, titles, and then compile them into the eBay form. So hearing more and more and more of Crazy Lister users doing this, we said, hey, why don't we automate this process? And this is exactly what we're working on now. Right. A, we call it a smart lister. Well, where we will, you, you, as, a, as a seller, you will tell us what is it that you're trying to sell, say, I don't know, an iPhone 7 or whatever, and we will find it and we will scrape the net automatically for you and pre-fill all the forms for you. So as a seller, you will basically only need to tell us what is your quantity and what is your price. And the rest of the details will be already pre-filled for you. And of course, you will get a professional mobile optimized uh, template for eBay. 
Fantastic. Well, that's something to look forward to for a lot of folks because I know when they find a new supplier or they want to open a new line, they're often put off by the amount of work and effort they have to go to to move those listings into a format that eBay understands. So if you guys are going to make that so much more uh, painless, that can only be a good thing. Oh, that's what's coming next. Good, good. Well, we, we wait we wait with bated breath to see it coming out of the crazylister.com website. Sounds fantastic. Vic, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, but before I let you go, I've got six quick-fire questions to end with. Now, I have to warn you, I can only take your first answer. Um, so don't get any of these wrong. Are you ready for some quick-fire questions? Let's go. <laughs> Skiing or skating? Skiing. eBay or Amazon? <laughs> eBay. English or Russian? English. Coffee or tea? Tea. Dogs or cats? Dogs. TV or cinema? TV. Vic, that's fantastic. You'll be delighted to know you scored six out of six. Uh, so well done. <laughs> Look, thanks again, Vic. It's been fantastic having you on the show. Um, uh, everybody should now buzz off and go look at crazylister.com, look at your blog, find out how to remove active content, and of course, try out crazylister.com for themselves. Thanks very much, Vic. Thank you for having me, Alex. You're welcome. Um, okay, folks. Well, look, um, like I say, it's time to draw this show to an end. So remember, get your active content sorted out. Uh, get it sorted out on eBay. Uh, head over to crazylister.com right now and find out more about what they can do to increase your sales. And remember, subscribe to this podcast with a five-star rating on iTunes or on YouTube. That will make me feel so much more loved and appreciated uh, and I'll ensure that we can keep generating the content that you need to improve your sales. So, talk again soon uh, and bye for now. Thanks, folks. 